Good morning and welcome to each one of you. <clears throat> As has already been mentioned, today is Christmas Day, the day we celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. I find for myself it can be far too easy sometimes to lose sight of what we're celebrating or why we're celebrating. It's fun to get together with family, eat lots of good food, too much good food, and, you know, just enjoy time together. That's all fine and good, but we don't want to lose sight of what we're celebrating. I've been thinking about, about that. Can you, can you think of any other person whose birthday is still celebrated 2,000 years after their birth? Is there, is there anyone? I've, I've been trying to think. Isaiah? Pardon? Yes, there is Jesus. And his, we celebrate his birthday 2,000 years after his birth. Is there anyone else that is celebrated that long afterwards? I can't think of anyone. And why is that? What makes his birth unique? Or let me ask you another question. I'd like to hear from you. How would my life be different? How would your life be different if Jesus hadn't come? In a word or two. How would your life be different? Or what would it be like if Jesus hadn't come? Would it make a difference? Unfulfilled. Unfulfilled. Thank you, Dave. What else? Who else? Unredeemed, <clears throat> lost in sin. At best, we would be offering blood sacrifices. Okay, thank you, Danny. So imagine offering sacrifices for your sins. No hope. That's one thing I'd written. No hope. No peace. I think of life before surrendering to Jesus, and I think of a life of no peace, a life without purpose. Anything else you think of? I'd <clears throat> There's so much we could mention, but I'd, when I start, I sat down at home and just thinking about Christmas and thinking about what are we celebrating, and I started asking myself these questions. What what would it be like if Jesus hadn't come? And my conclusion is, we have lots to celebrate. <laughs> Our statement of faith says, we believe that the Lord Jesus Christ, the eternal Son of God, became man without ceasing to be God, having been conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary, lived a sinless life in order that he might reveal God and redeem sinful men. <clears throat> we heard some of those things mentioned here this morning, just in the last couple, min in the last couple minutes. So who is this child? You know, I think in thinking about Jesus' birth, I think the way Jesus' birth happened is maybe typical of how God works. There was a prophecy hundreds of years ahead like 700 years ahead. Uh, God prepared through world events 
even when world governments, world leaders seem out of control, or maybe seem controlling, uh, when things seem out of control, God was orchestrating world events, preparing for just the right time to send his son. Most people were unaware of how God is preparing. And at the time of Jesus' birth, it was announced to a few people. But God was working quietly, out of sight. And he started at a microscopic level in a virgin's womb. When I think about the many ways God could have chosen to come to earth, I'm amazed at the route that he chose. God could have, for instance, split the sky open and with blinding light and a booming voice and said, here I am, everyone look to me and be saved. You, you, if you turn to me, and it would have been clear who was speaking, what's going on. But that's not what God did. God chose to humble himself and become a helpless, microscopic life inside a virgin that he created. When Micah was young, younger, we were, I was trying to impress this fact on him, how God became man without ceasing to be God. And when he was about four years old, he came and announced us, he wrote a song, and he sang it for us. Said, God shrunk himself into a baby so he could experience life like we do. Toward end, I think his theology is good. He got it. I wanted him to get that. God shrunk himself into a baby so he could experience life like we do. The creator of the universe put himself into the hands of the people he created. And he knew what we were like. He knew he was coming to suffer. He came with the intention of giving his life to purchase our salvation. Can you think of any more vulnerable scenario? Talk about being vulnerable. You know, not only did God humble himself, but Joseph and Mary did as well. To understand how much they humbled themselves, we need to understand what their engagement period was like. Historians tell us that marriages were arranged by the parents, and a contract was negotiated, the dowry was paid for the bride. They are now called husband and wife, but they're not living together. The engagement, the engagement period was one year long. Typically, And this one-year engagement had two purposes. One, the husband was preparing a place for his bride. And two, the engagement period was to prove that the bride was not pregnant, that she was kept for her husband as her father had promised. It was during this one-year engagement that the angel came to Mary. So imagine, as you listen, I'm going to read uh, Luke 1, 26 to 38. 
Imagine yourself in Mary's shoes. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named, named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. And he will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also, the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, and is now in the six, this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold the hand the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. By Mary accepting God's plan for her to be the mother of Jesus, she was also accepting suffering. She was accepting misunderstanding. She was accepting suspicion, shame. She gave up her reputation. Who would believe that a virgin could conceive? This hadn't happened before. And Joseph. Brothers, can you imagine how Joseph felt when he discovers Mary is pregnant? He knew it wasn't his baby. It must have been devastating to him. The bride that he'd been preparing for was apparently unfaithful to him. And this is what he was processing when the angel comes to him, I find it interesting that God didn't send the angel immediately to Joseph at the same time as Mary, so that he found out before she was pregnant. By the way, this is going to happen to your, to your wife, to your fiancé. But no, when he discovers she's pregnant, let me turn to Matthew chapter 1, reading 18 to 25 is where the angel comes to Joseph. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as followed. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated, God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, 
did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and took to him his wife, and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son. And he called his name Jesus. So Joseph, taking Mary to be his wife and adopting her baby, was in the eyes of the public an admission of guilt. He might as well have been stating, this is my baby, in the eyes of the public. Joseph knew it wasn't his baby, but he was willing to accept the stigma that probably followed him through life to take care of God's son. The angel came to each of them because this never happened before. People assumed that if an unwed lady was pregnant, they knew what happened, but that wasn't the case. This baby that God placed into Mary and Joseph's care, what was his purpose? You know, in talking to both Mary and Joseph, the angel gave them names and a title that, which described the purpose of the incarnation. A fourth title is later given by the angel to the shepherds in Luke chapter 2. I want to look briefly at those names, those four names, because I believe God clearly stated his purpose in those four names. <clears throat> First one is, is found in Luke chapter 1, I'm flipping back there, where the angel is speaking to Mary in verse 31, and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. Jesus was his personal name. Jesus means Jehovah is salvation. In Matthew 1 and verse 21, the angel reveals the unborn baby's gender, name, and mission to Joseph. I mean, Flip back there very briefly. So this, this baby is still unborn. The angel says in verse 21, And she shall bring forth a son, it's a boy, you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Jehovah is salvation. Would you all join me in quoting uh, John 3.16? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. 1 John 1.9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Second name or title that was, was given in Luke chapter 1, verses 32 and 33, is Son of the Highest, or Son of the Most High. I'll read uh, 32 and 33, and he will be great. This is right after he says, you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. So, one in Daniel 
chapter 4, this name, Most High, is used by Nebuchadnezzar. You'll remember that Nebuchadnezzar had lost his sanity. He, he lifted himself up, and he was so proud of himself for having built up Babylon. And he loses his mind for, for seven years, and he's like a wild animal. And then jumping in Daniel chapter 4, reading verses 34 and 35, And at the end of the time, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted my eyes to heaven, and my understanding returned to me, and I blessed the Most High, and I praised and honored him who lives forever. For his dominion is an everlasting dominion, and his kingdom is from generation to generation. All the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing. He does according to his will in the army of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. No one can restrain his hand or say to him, what have you done? It's a description of the Most High, the Most High God. The Most High God has no equal. There is no one close. You'll remember that when Lucifer rebelled against God, he said, I will be like the Most High. He wanted God's place. One of the neat things about this name, the Most High, or in, is uh, everywhere that Andrew Jukes says in his book, Names of God, that everywhere Most High is used, it emphasizes God's relationship with all people, not just the Jews, not just His chosen people, but all people. Showing God's love for every, every nation, every color. In Luke chapter 6, verses 35 and 36, see another reference to the Most High. It says, But love your enemies and do good and lend, hoping for nothing in return, and your reward will be great, and you will be the sons of the Most High. For he is kind to the unthankful and evil. Therefore be merciful, just as your Father also is merciful. So we are to be like the Most High in doing good, being kind, being merciful. Not by take, trying to take His place. <clears throat> The third name that's mentioned is Emmanuel. Find that in, in the first chapter of Matthew. Ivan mentioned this one last Sunday, and actually Dave did this morning too. Emmanuel, and I'm reading verses 22 and 23. So all this was done. This is right after it give, the angel gives his name as Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated, God with us. Think of John chapter 14, where Jesus said in verses 16 and 17, I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and shall be in you. He's with us. Also in 
in Matthew, thinking of, of God, of Jesus being with us in Matthew 28, reading verses 18 to 20. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. He's promised to be with us always, everywhere. We would also see that in the Old Testament in Psalms, Psalm 139 and in Exodus, there was, there's a number of places where we see God with us and, and Jesus coming, being God with us. Would you take your Mennonite hymnals and uh, turn to number seven, please? And Walter's agreed to lead us in the, in the first verse, God himself is with us. God himself is with us. The fourth name or title is Christ the Lord. And we find that in Luke chapter 2, I'm reading verses 8 through 12. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. <clears throat> a Savior, in verse 11, who is Christ the Lord. Christ is the anointed one, or the Messiah, the long-awaited Messiah, waited for hundreds of years for the Messiah. And the Lord means supreme in authority. He's above all, the ultimate authority. And Jesus began his ministry in, in Luke chapter 4, in, uh, I'm going to read verses 16 to 21. 
So he came to Nazareth where he'd been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty all those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he closed the book, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. And the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. <clears throat> Jesus, Jesus pointed to Isaiah 61 and said today he was fulfilling that prophecy. He is the, the awaited Messiah. And if you keep on reading there, you see people do not accept that statement. They don't want to hear it. In 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 15, it says, But sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts, always being ready to make a defense to everyone who asks you to give an account for the hope that is in you, but with gentleness and respect. We're to set apart Christ as Lord, Christ as the ultimate authority over what I love, over my life, my decisions. Christ is in charge. I think too of Philippians chapter 2, verses 10 and 11. Say, so at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow of those who are in heaven and on the earth and under the earth, that every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Someday every knee will bow. Everyone will recognize that Jesus is the ultimate authority, that he is supreme. And I want to choose to do that now and not wait till he comes again. So I ask you, who is this child that was given to Mary and Joseph? This child is Jesus who will save his people from their sins. This child is the son of the Most High God, creator of all men, savior of all. This child is Emmanuel, God with us. This child is Christ the Lord the long-awaited Messiah, supreme in authority, before who all will bow. When I think about the Incarnation, the Son of God in human flesh, my response, I want my response to be uh, page one, four, I'm sorry, page 540 of the Mennonite hymnal. Um, Walter, would you please lead us in the in the first verse of number 540 in the Mennonite hymnal, following the song, you're dismissed. I stand amazed in the 